Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast. This is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I'm so grateful that you're here today. I wanted to share some of the Al-Anon book studies that were part of my bonus episodes for Apple subscribers and Patreon members with our general community. This is really important because so many of you come to this podcast because you are dealing with somebody in your life who has an addiction, that it has affected you in a negative way. What I did for these seven episodes is I read out of How Al-Anon Works for Families and Friends of Alcoholics on a variety of different topics. And so each week for the next seven weeks, I'm going to go ahead and post those for everyone. I hope that you enjoy them. And if you want more of what these types of episodes offered you, I encourage you to become a Patreon member or an Apple Podcast subscriber. Thank you for supporting the Recover Your Soul podcast. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Hello and welcome back to Recover Your Soul. Thank you for being a subscriber and member of the Recover Your Soul community and having access to these bonus episodes. Your support means so much to me and I just want to have such immense gratitude for you supporting me. And in this, it's supporting you. Really, this is your soul recovery and I just feel so lucky every single time that I get to share this time with you. So right now we are doing a book study. We're doing a book study on how Alanon works for families and friends of alcoholics. We're sort of taking a deeper dive into the chapters. We're in chapter 10. Last episode, we read about the power of attitude. And now we're going to talk about gratitude. And this is right off of page 78. 
And so I'm just going to pick up reading. And as usual, I will respond with my own reflections and just also a reminder that this podcast is about my experience, my thoughts, where I'm coming from. And it is in no way the tell all of anything. Take what you need and leave the rest. I don't know everything. I haven't read every single book and I'm not an expert in everything. What I am an expert in is my own experience. And this is my sharing my experience with you and you sharing your experience with me. We together are doing the work to recover our souls. And so as I read and reflect, if something doesn't hit you right, that's okay. We don't have to agree on every single thing. It does not matter. Actually, that is part of soul recovery to not have to agree with everybody all the time. So now that we have that out of the way, my little disclaimer, I'm going to start reading Gratitude. Actively practicing gratitude is one way we can promote attitude adjustment. Instead of taking for granted many blessings in our lives, we make a point to mentally acknowledge them and doing so becomes a habit. When writing them down in a gratitude list and when reading them to our sponsor or sharing it with another Al-Anon member helps us realize that there's many things in our life for which we are truly grateful. Do you remember years ago when Oprah really started talking about gratitude? Clearly, it's not the first time that gratitude has been around the block and the importance of changing our lives that so much of what's happening for us, actually, we're so blessed and lucky and should have an awareness of that. But it's so much easier to look at what isn't working than what is working. And I know for me that back when Oprah started talking about gratitude lists, it really did change my attitude. It helped me to see the little things. And the more we know metaphysically, the more that you tune your dial to a certain frequency, the more you receive that frequency. So if we are in a place of not seeing what's working for us, we are actually opening up the flow of more of what's not working for us. And when we tune to the frequency of gratitude and awareness of how we can appreciate our lives, even the small things, more of that comes. And we can start to leave behind the energy that comes from only thinking about what is not working. So I love this paragraph. It goes on to say, in times of distress, we may see little for which to be thankful. But if we make the effort, we're certain to find a few and thereby shed some light on an otherwise dreary view. Sometimes it helps to start with our most basic and immediate needs, food on the table, a roof over our heads and clothing. We may then find that we're grateful for more modest incidents and gestures such as kind words, good friends a bit of humor in an otherwise serious situation, a moment of serenity, or an indication that we're beginning to heal. I think because of social media and movies and TV and how much we can see out there in the world that's set out there as this perfection, this thing that supposedly everybody has these amazing lives with incredible houses and home-baked, beautiful, incredible foods, and everyone's having such a great time, and they're so happy, and that's not realistic. 
And so we can get caught up in not even having gratitude for our home and the clothes that we have and the food that's on the table and a job, friends and family and the little things that we have, the ability to get transportation from one place to another, whatever that looks like for you. And so when I look at the comparison, the desire to have what isn't really attainable by almost everybody, I don't know how we all think that the majority of people in the world live a way that is such a small portion of the people in the world that live that way. And we can start to shift our attitude. This chapter is about changing our attitude. And by leaning into those small gratitudes, those small things in our life that we take for granted, we can start to appreciate things on a whole different level. We can begin to heal. It says, gratitude enables us to savor the unrecognized good that surrounds us, no matter what the circumstances. As we become accustomed to noticing the positive aspects of our life, we begin to recognize small, subtle gifts and cloaked opportunities when they appear in our day-to-day experience. Eventually, we continue to practice, we actually find something to be grateful for, even in painful or difficult situations. We replace our victim mentality with an attitude of gratitude. I love that. Instead of feeling drained or overwhelmed, stressed by the circumstances we encounter, we begin to feel empowered and capable of coping even flourishing because we have learned that our higher power can use every situation, every relationship, every experience to enhance our lives and foster strength, faith, personal growth. Thus, everyone and everything has a special gift to offer us. We need only open our eyes to see it. That's a complete change in attitude, right? That's a complete shift in our seeing. When we can see even the hardest things in our lives, even those things that don't feel like they're a gift or something to be grateful for, that we can see our strength, our tenacity, that we can see our resilience, that we can have empathy for another person. We can see our creativity. We can witness the connection we have with others. We can see that we're brave. When we turn that tension to ourselves and see the world is offering us opportunities to learn and to grow, then everything changes. And when we look at the circumstances that are outside of us, we see them in a different light. We don't let them have the power over us. We can take back that power to ourselves and we can live a life that, I love this, enhances our lives, fosters strength, faith, and personal growth. I think we're so afraid of looking at the pain that we're really just making it more painful. There's a line in the book called The Untethered Soul, and it has a description of how Our feelings and our hurts are almost like a thorn that is stuck in our body. Let's say it's stuck in our arm. And that instead of just dealing with it and that pain that comes from really having to maybe dig out a thorn and get it out and be done with it, 
we set up all these systems to make sure that nothing touches the thorn because the thorn hurts. So as it gets worse and worse and more and more infected and more and more painful, we set up bigger and bigger systems to where no one could even get close to us because God forbid they actually bump into us and hit our thorn. When really the problem isn't the outside world, it isn't that outside stuff hitting our hurt, it's our hurt. And if we could just allow ourselves to see that this is an opportunity for growth, that this is a feeling or emotion that will pass, we can take out that thorn and we can move forward. And I've thought of this so many times and it's really helped me that visual to recognize those parts of my life where I'm setting up systems outside of myself to keep myself from the pain. But really, I don't have to do that. I don't have to be afraid of that pain because I don't have to give that the control. I can take responsibility for myself and my own happiness and my own responses, my own reactions, my own attitudes. This is about changing our attitudes. The next section is the serenity prayer, but I think I'm going to skip that one this week and because the last paragraph is also about serenity and I'm going to move to expectations and then next week we'll do the serenity prayer and serenity. I'm going to do that because expectations are another really huge place for growth. I talk about and think about expectations all the time. So it says, one obstacle over which many of us stumble as we attempt to battle this disease of attitudes is our own expectations. There's no better way to make ourselves feel victimized and helpless than by harboring unrealistic expectations of ourselves and others, or by confusing expectations with needs and insisting that they be met. I'm going to read that again because it's so powerful. Confusing expectations with needs and insisting that they be met. We have these expectations of people so often of our partners, our romantic partners or our kids or our family, and we want them to love us and we want them to love us in a particular way or the need the quote-unquote need that we have, and they don't meet that. They oftentimes don't even know what it is because we're not great communicators. And then we're constantly disappointed that this need isn't being met. These expectations aren't being met. And it crushes us personally. It is so painful for us personally in these relationships that we end up building walls, building walls, building walls. The truth is that we can't make anybody, we can't insist that anybody meet these expectations or these needs. And that doesn't mean that we don't share what we need with people. Having a healthy conversation with somebody where you can use the the pattern, the words, when you blank, I feel blank, and I need blank. When you don't help me, To clean up after dinner, I feel really left alone. I feel unvalidated. And I need some help with the kitchen. 
I need to feel like I'm being supported in having the cleanup after dinner. That would really show me love and connection and support. That's different than having an expectation that someone's going to cook and the other person's going to clean and it doesn't come that way. And so then you've cooked dinner and then you're irritated and you're cleaning up and you're pissed off and you're throwing off the vibe that you're pissed off and you have a need and that person isn't meeting that need and we're seething inside because we're not feeling like we're being recognized. We want them to mind read what we need. And it may be that that need, if you can hear somebody else, that they may come back and say, I want to be able to help you. I didn't know you needed the help or I want to be able to help you. I'm completely blown out from the day. Can I have a pass this time and next time I'm going to be able to help? I didn't know that you needed this tonight. And to let it go, to let go of that expectation and not go into a place of resentment and anger. Expectations are so powerful. It goes on to say, attaching our well-being to a particular action or outcome is very risky. In essence, we make that situation a kind of higher power. We give our power over to other people and circumstances. How often do I say that, right? That you're giving your power away every single time that you think that they need to fill a need for you. You're taking the energy away from yourself and being responsible for yourself. At any moment, a turn of events could dash the dreams and plans upon which we've built our lives. At any moment, a turn of events could dash our dreams. We get so caught up in what we think that we want, how we think that we want it. And then when something comes and changes that, instead of being curious and wondering, oh, I wonder what this is about. What's the opportunity? Where's the grace that might be happening that sometimes a shut door is really a blessing that we can't see yet? And we put all that expectation on somebody else. Maybe it's a raise. Maybe it's a proposal. Maybe it's that your kids are going to move to a certain place or get a certain job or treat you a certain way or your friends are going to show up for you in a way that you thought that you needed. And when those plans aren't met, we've built this whole next level of how we think it's going to go on the expectations of somebody else. Instead of having flexibility, instead of having resilience and the ability to let things flow and be curious, to be curious about what's going to happen next. Oh, well, that didn't go that way. I know for me, my higher power has become such an important part of my life that I, I want to be so in the flow that I can more easily let go of those expectations and be truly interested to see where it's going next so that my dreams aren't dashed, that there isn't some crash. It's more of a curiosity. Hmm, well, let's see what happens next. Let's see where this goes. It goes on to say, life is far too uncertain for such misplaced faith. So it's our best interest to examine our expectations. Are they realistic? Are they based on fantasy? Do we hold them loosely with flexibility to let them go or make adjustments as further information comes along? Or do we cling tightly to these flimsy ideas and vest our self-worth and our entire well-being in them? Great questions. Are we 
clinging. I love the word clinging. Are we clinging tightly to these ideas and that invest our self-worth and our entire well-being on somebody else? In soul recovery, we're constantly working on letting go of that need to have somebody else fill the void for us. We are here to fill that void with ourself and our connection with higher power so that we can have the strength and the tenacity to weather the storm, to be in the flow, to not let other people run the ship of how our emotions are. It says if we allow our expectations to dominate, we set ourselves up to be victims and martyrs again and again. But there too, we have the ability to change our attitude. This chapter is about changing our attitude. We can adjust our expectations so that they're more realistic. We can also detach from them, anchoring our well-being and peace of mind on our higher power rather than external situations. By seeking only the knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out, as in step 11, we make great strides towards developing an unshakable inner peace and sense of serenity that cannot be threatened by mere circumstances. Isn't that beautiful? I think that when I was back in my life of uncertainty and overwhelm and everything was so out of control and how I feel today, it really has so much to do with this topic in particular about expectations. And it doesn't mean that we can't have boundaries or that we can't state our needs, as I just said, but it means that we turn that attention to ourselves to really look and say, what is realistic here? And if you're in a situation where even the most basic needs are not being met and are not realistic, that is something to look at. That is something to look at. We do not need to put ourselves or leave ourselves in unhealthy, unsafe, or toxic relationship and conditions. Doing so work and Al-Anon work does not mean that we leave ourselves in any shape or form in a way that is unhealthy or unsafe for us. But when we can look and have gratitude for what is real in our life, for the things that are good in our life, to have realistic expectations, to put that energy back onto ourselves, to see that we are responsible for our own happiness, that we're responsible for how we see things, for our attitude, that instead of being irritated, going back to cleaning the kitchen, I'll use my own life. I could be irritated that my husband does not clean the kitchen more or unload the dishwasher all the time, but I don't do that anymore. I did that for a long time. And the truth is, if that really meant so much to me, I could go to him and say, this would really, really support me and be helpful to me if you would do these tasks. But the truth is, it's not actually a big deal to me. I think I had picked that part of our life because... I just felt so out of control and I felt like so many of my needs were being unmet that I chose chores as a way to say, see, I don't get help here. But the truth is that is not in his even purview. He doesn't even see it. He's got his own way of seeing. He's got his own way of doing. And that the more that I've just let go of that, 
and moved into a place of real gratitude for all the things that he does and how hard he works for our family and how attentive he is to me in other ways and how creative he is and how lucky I am to have him as my husband. I don't really care about the kitchen anymore. And I can say at certain times, I can say, hey, can you, last night we needed to throw something together really quick. Hey, can you help me throw this together? And he's right there. And instead of thinking, see, you never do that for me. What I thought was, how cool is that, that I can just reach out and say, hey, will you jump off of what you're doing and help me with this? And he was right there to do it. So that change in in perspective, that change in attitude has given me so much peace. And this is just a teeny tiny thing, but the chores used to really just irk me so much. And the, the reality is I didn't feel supported. And I picked that as what was felt unsupported, but it really wasn't about the chores. It was for something underneath. And as I've done this work, I feel that support from him because our relationship has changed so drastically. It has so much to do with gratitude and has so much to do with expectations. And the practice that I have for this in outside the world with my friends and with my kids. So what a gift to be able to look deeply at these things, to use these principles to better our lives, to take responsibility for ourselves, and to let go of outside circumstances, giving us our worth, our wholeness, our validation. We can let that go. We can connect with our higher power. We can feel the wholeness of who we are and we can change the world by changing ourselves. Thanks for listening. Next time we will do the serenity prayer in serenity. And I just love spending this time with you. And thank you so much for supporting Recover Your Soul. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, 
Thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.